Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast. I'm Nick Cole. I'm Single Eye Medusa. And this is episode 42. Yeah. To the haters who said we'd never make it to episode 42. <laughs> well, just so you know, we almost didn't. Oh, yeah? What happened? Did we almost... Well, we had a churro and a coffee, and then we were going to go get sushi. And I'm like, should we do a podcast? And I'm like, we should just be in line for sushi. But here we are doing a podcast. Here we are, because we're faithful. Yeah. We love it. We do love it. We can't miss it. I have a lot of fun doing it. Me too. I feel like you're phoning it in. Never. This is just what we do anyway. Like, really we might you, as well record it. Is this really what you want to do with your life? 100%. Bringing down the indictments of the FBI, you know, like, and on uh, July 14th, which was your wedding anniversary, Miss Frandis, you recorded a podcast in which I quote, you said, what we need to do is burn down the FBI and invade Cuba. Did you or did you not say that, Miss Fernandez? I'd like to see my lawyer. See, I passed the test. You That's passed, what I'm supposed you, to say. <laughs> you passed your test. I'd like to see my lawyer. Yep. And if they ask you how your day is going, you go, I don't want to discuss my schedule with you. Exactly. And then you say, uh, either charge me or release me. Either charge and me or release me. then I want my lawyer. I want my lawyer. We've reached that level of fun in our society where yeah. we're all memorizing how to talk to the FBI. Yep. Great job, everybody. Great job. I know. These people that are supposed to be protecting us. Yeah. Now we have to learn how to protect ourselves against them. That's so sad. I think our favorite thing that's kind of ongoing right now is um, we've been told now for four years that white people are the racists. The patriarchy are the racists, and we don't care for black people or people of color. Remember when little Ocasio Cortez scoochied herself on down to the border and she staged the photo op where she's crying, she's wearing white, and like <laughs> really turned out to just be a parking lot. And they, she wasn't even anywhere near anybody who was locked up. And, and you know, like constantly we were told that the people of color, the people mm-hmm. of color, you know, and then a friend of ours uh, recently told us um, that the six new Broadway plays that are coming out this year are are all black basically so and, and we know from tv and everything like that and this is all because you white people and i'm black irish so i'm not you know i'm not lumping in with you guys mm. but um no i am um <laughs> you white people are racist racist right you hate brown people you don't want them to be free you want them to be oppressed and your servants and you don't want them to have any libertad or any dignitad or none of the other, you know, like uh, special ways they have of saying liberty and dignity or, you know, Washington Heights, Washington Heights, mm-hmm. you know, those <laughs> kinds of things. The Dreamers, that's the funny thing. Remember, they were going to send all the Dreamers back in, in Lin-Manuel Nore- uh, Noriega, Lin-Manuel Noriega, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, his, uh, his master opus on how bad America is. And then lo and behold, them Cubans, they want some freedom. Yeah. They want some freedom and some bacon and some pork rides and some America. We're with them. Yeah, I know Cubans. They're switched on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but apparently the Democrat Party said, no, 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 not not those people of not color. Not those brown people. <laughs> not, Other ones. Not those poors. They must come from the southern border. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, they must, not welcome. They must be steeped in Marxism. And we're like, I think they, I think the Cubans are steeped in Marxism. Yeah. 
I think they've got a pretty good look at Marxism, and they have some strong opinions on Marxism. And they're like, oh, well, that's why we don't want them here. Exactly. That's, that's, it would be much easier just to make our southern border porous and to let all kinds of terrorists who like to say, ahu snack bar and blow up the Sabaros pizza, but not these dirty Cubans, you know, with their, their love of freedom and the Constitution and waving their flags around. So that was, that was kind of the fun thing. Uh, over the past few days, and I, and I, and I really um, do hope the Cubans. I think the Cubans could do it right now if they really just say, "Hey, you know what? We got nothing left to lose. Why live our life under these pigs?" And then again, like I was saying on Facebook, like um, y'all were gonna invade uh, Area 51 last year. How come we're not in? I mean, like people come from here to Cuba like on Clorox bottles. That have been lashed, yeah, that have been lashed together. So, like, literally, didn't we just have all these Trump flotillas? Couldn't we take our AR-15s and go down and liberate them? I mean, this would fulfill two of my fantasies in life. One, to liberate Cuba. And the other fantasy that I have is to be a pirate. (laughs) There you go. So, like, if anybody gets it together, ah, I think I'm, I know that you won't like this, but I think I'm 50% in. I won't like it? Yeah, because I'd go. Yeah, I mean, like... Of course, I'd worry a little and bit And I'd probably get safety. killed, like, in the opening exactly. moments. I know. I'd be all kitted out, you know, plate carrier on, tactical rifle, tactics, you know, army training, all this kind of stuff. And, like, the first stray bullet would just take off the top of my scalp. Oh. <laughs> I know. I remember I went for shooting with this friend, and he was, he, uh, was in Hollywood, and he'd been red-pilled. And uh, he was doing all this training, and he just turned around in this total moment of honesty. And he's like, you know, I'm doing all this. And he goes, I know I'm going to get killed in the first minute. <laughs> I'm like, probably. <laughs> uh, but you got to be ready just in case. The will to prepare is yeah. vital. Yeah, I think if you can make it past the first few minutes of Boogaloo 2, Civil War, um, I think you'll be fine. I think if you can make it into two weeks... Uh, because what's going to happen is everybody's going to expend a lot of ammo immediately. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of hunkered and waited and held onto your ammo, you are the one-eyed man in the kingdom of the blind. Yeah. that's. I think that's a good move. That's our That's yeah. our running plan, let's yeah. say. Yeah. So that was the funny thing uh, about the Democrats. So what that really tells you, and and again, you just you just have to navigate everything a Democrat says or a leftist says by... By two things, and the first thing is, um, we're all for the people of color, and and they're all oppressed, and white people are bad. And in two instances, when the people of color have risen up to attempt, oh, three instances. I'm going to go three instances now. Um, let me give you the three instances: Tehran during the Obama administration, all the Iranians, who I grew up with, a lot of Iranians in Southern California, wanted to shuck off the uh, yoke of the Ayatollahs. Did not like that. And Obama had a moment, you know, they were even doing Arab Spring, except these were the wrong desert people. Yep. These were the wrong desert people. So, you know, more tyranny, oppression for you, as long as uh, Obama and the tan suit remain completely untouchable. But one day, I labor under the belief and the delusion and the hope and the faith like some mad desert prophet that one day Barack Obama is actually going to step in something that sticks to him. I know. Let's you know? hope. That'd be great. Um, The other people of color thing was Hong Kong. Those people of color didn't like communism. 
and uh, they had some ideas about freedom. Uh, Hong Kong no longer exists anymore. I mean, you could see it on a map. It's Hong I Kong. Think it was Taiwan that doesn't no, exist. No, no. Hong Kong too. Taiwan doesn't exist to them right. as the island of Formosa, and Taiwan, which is the original Chinese government in exile. Mm-hmm. No, Hong Kong was a British colony right. that gained independence, and yeah. then China came in during COVID and tried to crack down on their freedom marches. And they rose up and they fought back and got no support from the United States. That's kind of on Trump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's on the left, too, because people of color and oppression and all those kinds of things. Anyways, like, uh, Hong Kong is now brutally rep- repressed. So okay, yeah. It's, it, it is no longer free as a, as a, a, a sort of um, city that was allowed to practice independent capitalism. And you have to remember, yeah. like... What most people don't understand is that Hong Kong was some of the. Hey, can we not crinkle the water bottle? I was just shifting. I didn't. We're making we're making some podcasts here. It was an here. accident. Okay, You're, sorry. But trying to be pro. <laughs> could we try to be pro? Yes. Uh, leave in the comments if you think I was a jerk about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody but Nicole, leave something in the comments. <laughs> um. My cousin was a missionary there. Yeah. And then he left when it switched back over to China and went right. to the Philippines. But yeah. Um, but Hong Kong was some of the most expensive real estate in the world. And it was really a big center of wealth and opulence and power. And I'm sure none of that is true now, which is why we have so many Chinese, I think, I believe now in the Southern California area and throughout the United States. They also were people of color that were not the right people of color. And so finally, we've arrived at the Cubans, who are also not the right people of color. And and this just really tells you everything about the Democrats when they, they say that white people are racist and there's a patriarchy and they need to be given the reins of power to do something about that. Um, they have no intention of doing anything about that. It's just all a grift. They just want the money and power. And then a lot of money is going to be set aside and a lot of favors are going to be handed out. And really, the only reasons for these things are that they get paid. And they get to decide who gets paid, and then they get paid from that, too. Um, The example of that in California is the high-speed rail. Now, the smartest thing that you could do if you were a high-speed rail investor, purveyor, dreamer, all those kinds of things, would be to build high-speed rail between L.A. and Las Vegas. Because everybody in L.A. loves to go to Las Vegas, and there is a real... um, I hate to use the word need because people's lives are being destroyed, but like that is an actual legitimate, like that's a smart thing. So of course uh, the Dem supermajority in California said, Hey, let's not do that. Let's build high speed rail between uh, the, uh, the, the Bay area and our private wine ranches that um, are in sort of in and around Napa and the wine areas and things like that. And that's just for them. Um, it's kind of a flawed plan because what they don't realize is that all the poors are going to jump on that and then start going up to their private wine areas and leaving a bunch of trash. And I'm sure they'll come up with some sort of Orwellian restrictions. But that's that's kind of classic leftist stuff is like they they in California, they they make it all apportioned for themselves. And then suddenly the other zip codes show up to give them a bad time. And then they lament over the poors, you know, leaving, hosing the sand off their feet at the beach with their hose and leaving uh, sandwich wrappers, you know. But they would say it sort of like in a different, you know, 
elitist kind of way. Us voice, as you call it. Yeah, us. They would, but they would use different words. They wouldn't say, like, you know, sandwich wrappers. They would say, waxed papers. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, they always have this this twist to, like, show you they're a little bit better than you in how they refer to common household objects. Exactly. What about, though, has it ever been talked about to do a high-speed rail between L.A. and San Francisco? Because to me, that would be actually a useful one. I don't know if that's been talked about. I think it, I think it would be. Um, there's a lot of flights between L.A. and San Francisco. So, like, mm-hmm. that, that air traffic kind of, like, like that's their jam. Okay. And it's only an hour flight. It's actually kind of about 45 minutes, but an hour with the traffic pattern. And then there's two major airports that serve the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. But, again, two different countries there could not be between northern california and southern california like literally in northern california the restaurants are unionized yeah in southern california it's freaking thunderdome (laughs) you know and i love southern california but like literally we are two vastly different people um northern california is a horrible horrible place and having said that i was born there my family is from there when they've been in california your family I'm from, is, yeah, is like, from NorCal. Exactly. But we would both agree, like, we hate Northern California. I mean, I I wouldn't say... I prefer Southern California. And yes, I hate the part that you're How talking about. How come you about. won't say hate? Because well, you're I, afraid your I parents might family, listen to I love my family, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't say you're... I didn't say I hate your family. I said I hate Northern California. Or I guess, you know, there are a few nice aspects, but the the lefties kind of ruin a lot of it so i mean even like wine country i mean we've had some nice times there yeah i mean yeah wine country i like and i used to love san francisco it was a lot of fun i i have heard recent accounts from actual people that i know not just sort of inflammatory news sources uh one person that just passed through two people that i know that just passed through there and they painted a pretty grim post-apocalyptic picture and said the city's actually dead. No one's there, and it's just ruled by the homeless. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's pretty crazy. But I, I'm glad that sort of the tech elite never... I mean, they kind of did in a certain way with the Irvine computer area and things like that. But they love that Silicon Valley. That's their jam. So I'm really glad they kind of never... They never um, figured out Newport Beach. Now, there's a few tech giants down here. But when you get into those people, a lot of the time, they're different. There's a good one. Like, what, what was that Lucky guy? Is a really great yeah, guy. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Exactly. That was when we saw Trump. Trump! Trump! Driving by. We didn't actually see him, but we yeah. saw his motorcade. So I use that to say, um, I use the, the illustration of high-speed rail to say, we still don't have the high-speed rail after hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, not even the goofy high-speed rail that they wanted. But what has happened is that a lot of people on that side got rich doing nothing. And so when the left tells you they're going to build these utopian super cities and they're going to make everything better and they're going to end racism, um, they're really not going to do any of those things. They're just going to make sure they and their kind of crony friends get paid. So you don't actually, I think, sometimes have to worry about it getting worse um, other than just the complete dereliction kind of San Francisco, L.A. type stuff. Having said that, I think in the next part of the podcast we'll talk about how it actually could get worse because there I think there I think I think the left I think that was definitely the old left is let us run things and promise you everything and deliver very little but we end up rich but it's kind of interesting now with the tech giants getting involved exactly yeah they're garbage that's like that's the main thing about Northern California that I hate is Silicon Valley. You're, yeah, you're right about that. And and so now that they're getting involved in things like the vaccine, 
and uh, elections, which are two things I think we'll talk about today, um, what you're actually seeing is stuff getting done, bad stuff getting done. Uh, what was my tweet last night that I, I had? I said, um, the left is basically going to ruin your life until it gets its way so that it can ruin your life. Yes. And, and, and now, like, and, and, and a lot of the times that was an idle threat with the left. They did do this sort of slow ruination through dereliction and mismanagement. But now with sort of big tech and all the big brain kids, you know, involved and all their really fun sort of like um, not grounded in reality leftism, things like that, you're actually seeing things get done like the vaccine passport. Like, you know, I mean, Zuckerberg, what, literally dumping 400 million to flip certain counties so that the American people basically lost their right to vote. So you're actually beginning to see these things happen there. I mean, I, I would have told you. You know, before all this, like the left is actually relatively harmless in a lot of ways. Um, if you just kind of pay them their grift, they they really won't bother you. But suddenly, the the sort of big tech has come along, and they're like, you know, we're gonna fix the left, and we're gonna do all the awful things they want to do really well. And we do want to bother you, like I feel like they're saying. You know, like yeah. they're not just letting us do our own thing anymore. Like they are getting in our lives at every angle, every step. Speaking of <laughs> your Facebook <laughs> posts that now I yeah. think you're up to seven COVID warnings yeah. on one. On yeah. One and as soon as I like, and what I'll do is I'll post like, Hey, it's got seven warnings now. Um, they'll add another warning. And all I'm doing is Photoshopping all their warnings. And then they like the original post doesn't even show up in my Photoshop. They just see all the COVID warnings and then they add another COVID warning. What I really hope is happening and what I would respect and really love is it's just one guy messing with me. <laughs> yeah. I would like, I would really like that. I'd be like, well played unicorn boy. You know, like that is fun. But if this is just like the idiocy of the algorithm that they ultimately want to run our healthcare and our traffic management systems and our major life decisions, like, well, if one vaguely intelligent writer and I mean like half intelligent like like not not totally retarded um, <laughs> writer who just makes up ridiculous stories um, can break your toy at mm -hmm. this level and, and I'm really good at breaking stuff that was always really a gift of mine um, uh, I'm good at destroying things um, which I don't know is a great skill but you know it's come in handy at times and things like that so I would say, um, accidentally, I, I found a way to just make the algorithm look ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it's the algorithm. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But hats off if it's a unicorn out there, like, who's just playing the dance. The sort of George Costanza um, Photoshop guy, you know, the Photomat guy, and they're, they're both sending each other naked photos. <laughs> that would be me and this guy, this troll, with, exactly. with this thing. I'd be into that. Yeah. So... What do you want to talk about today? Well, why don't you tell us about the letter that the U.S. attorney wrote to, was it Trump? He wrote mm -hmm. it to Trump? Yeah, he wrote now, it to Trump. Now, this is not some chungo. This is not like, I'm a lawyer, and I know lawyerly things, and I know a lot about the law. This is an actual U.S. attorney. There's only 50 in the United States, um, and they all have regions. So this is one of them. Why don't you tell us what he said? Yeah, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, I have a little thing right here. His name is William McSwain. 
He served as the chief federal law enforcement officer in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania from April 2018 to January 2021. And we listened to a little thing on it today from Dan Bongino. And I think he just basically outlined that um, Mr. McSwain, do you say Mr. or like the Honorable? I don't know how I think to... Mr. McSwain, okay. he's not a judge. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he just basically said there was definitely some stuff to investigate here, but I was sent a letter by William Barr and told not to investigate this legitimate stuff that looked like it needed to be investigated in Pennsylvania. I was told to stand down and... And told to turn it over to... Yeah. Specifically, I think it was the election official that was totally batshit insane for never letting Trump win. Yeah. And this U.S. attorney, one of 50, writing a letter to Bill Barr and then getting a letter back being told stand down. Now, wait a minute. I was told Bill Bill Barr was... He was the man. He was mm-hmm. the honorable. He was the integrity. He was, he was gonna clean things up. He was gonna, you know, he was gonna do the right thing by America and by Trump. You know, keeping a rein on Trump, making Trump follow the law, all these kinds of things. But in the end, uh, I mean, this like that this letter should be blowing up the entire media, just like the protests in France, the yellow vest protests that are going on right now where they're really riding hardcore in the street against the vaccine passport. Like, that should be big news, but mm-hmm. it's not. What are we talking about? Britney Spears' conservatorship. And then some whore at the White House who can't even pick his shoes in an outfit. But, like, it's it's just amazing the um, sort of audacity of the news to underreport. Yeah. So They only ever report the stuff that's convenient for them, and then they just pretend yeah. the other stuff doesn't exist. Yeah. That doesn't I just and, and the thing that we all know, and there's no there's no debating this fact, honestly. But it's funny, like that stupid actor David Barber from Strange, Com- uh, Strange Company, <laughs> Stranger <laughs> Things, came out and, and said, like, I don't know why anybody would have a problem with socialism. And it's what? like, I get that you're an actor and therefore dumb. Um, but that is that is an audaciously dumb statement because I would say that the 120 million dead in the 20th century, as a direct result of China, Russia, and Pol Pot and other communistic fun places, might have some issues with socialism. Yeah. Might yeah. you you know might have some issues with so, but you, to make that statement. But those are the things that pass for news and that that unwillingness to 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 look at news even if you don't like it which is just the saddest thing like you as a reporter you are not supposed to like news or not like news you are just supposed to report the news and for an attorney to write a letter to like to write that letter to trump to put his street cred his entire and the you know this is probably a big brain guy from a big brain law institution and a lot of street cred who's basically saying Hey, I was told to stand down. I was told not to investigate because what does the left love to do? They love to crow and say, oh, no cases were filed. Barr said there were no investigations. Look, nothing to see here. And Donald Trump is stupid and he's coming apart and no one believes the conspiracy theory. Meanwhile, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, tons of us believe the quote unquote conspiracy theory, which now we know that everything that's called a conspiracy theory just needs a little like, time. Yeah, just <laughs> needs a little time. Proven fact, like very but shortly. But Pennsylvania is freaking them out. 
And there's a guy on the internet's, the webs, uh, Cernovich, and, and he was very much, like, at first, like, not down with the cheating thing. But he had a great tweet last night, and I, and I threw that up there, where he said, you know, when I saw all these people saying that they need to investigate, or, or they need to, uh, the words were basically what Biden is doing right now is saying, this is a threat to democracy. Um, you're doing these things, and it, it, Garland did it, Biden did it, the um, Secretary of State did it. That's when he said, okay, if everybody's saying there's nothing to see here, then there is something to see here. Yeah. Because um, if there was nothing to see here, you wouldn't need to defend that. If your sister wasn't a whore, you wouldn't need to climb to the top of that water tower with a can of paint. That's a Jeff Foxworthy. (laughs) In fact, they would probably like it because it would be something to distract from all the other stories that are bad for them that they don't want you to pay attention to. So if there was nothing there, they'd be like, great, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just waste your time because Trump's crazy and stupid. Mm -hmm. But now if you actually listen, you know, and Jack Sobiec's going on and on about this, but if you actually listen to the rhetoric coming out of Joe Biden and the people that work with him, they are saying things like we're the Confederates. This is the most dangerous time since the civil war. I mean, these are people who are agitating seriously for a civil war and I think single white Medusa and I were talking about that and what we were saying is like it's amazing that no one has popped off yet and I think that's divine I think God's Mm -hmm. restraining us there and I would encourage everybody to continue to be restrained because let's just see what August yields let's see what the audit elections you know if the audits are a big nothing burger then you don't then at that point you're rioting and attempting to overthrow the government because you don't like the results and that's not a reason to do mm-hmm. it. The, the reason to do it is because there has been tyranny and injustice yeah. and those kinds of things. So we still need to wait for that. We need to do the right thing. And, and I don't even think I, think, I think if it really does come out, I think the right thing will be done. May not be the home run everybody wants it to be, but it does need to be hauled out into the light and examined. And, and when you see these three people and many other groups weighing in and saying to go and see to go and look to shine light into the darkness is a traitorous act against america you're like well i i i think that tells me that i actually do need to do that and i think you don't want me to do it. don't look in that closet don't look in my 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 text messages don't look in my photos well you know it's like robbie zacharias used to say when you're when your kids tell you they've been nowhere in particular, it's important to find out where they've been specifically. Exactly. So I haven't heard anyone say this, so maybe I have it wrong. But Biden just saying that about this is the worst thing since the Civil War. Am I wrong? Didn't they just use that about January 6th? Didn't they just say that January 6th was yes. the worst thing since the Civil War? Yeah. So I'm like, wait, which is it? <laughs> With the histronics of the left, everything that is, you know, they're children and like, if they don't get the red ball on aisle three, it's the worst thing ever. And then they go to aisle four and there's the, you know, not that they would ever buy the dumpster Tonka truck dirt mover, (laughs) but that's the worst thing ever. And then they get to the aisle five and there's, there's the, the Barbie with pink hair. They're like, Oh, I've got to have Malibu Barbie in her. And it's like, and that's the worst thing ever. And then aisle eight rubber balls. And that's the worst thing ever. I mean, these are people that, that have no tone. They have no chill. They have like, it's just whatever they want all the time, and they're relentless about it. And if they don't win, then they did win, and you lost. And if they did win, then they need to win even more. And it's just, it's, at the end of the day, it's a cult. 
it really is a cult. And it would be fun, actually, to kind of do just a full-on solid podcast why you and I and other people absolutely think it is a cult. Yeah. Because they're, they're really... You and I have kind of been into cults for about a year now, just studying them and <laughs> listening studying to podcasts. Them. <laughs> Not like into Yeah, like totally like in 20. cults. We're in a cult that worships coffee. <laughs> Cafebe. <laughs> or cofefe. No, but we've been it. fascinated listening to people's accounts about being in cults and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and it is amazing the parallels uh, between the left and politics and the Dems and the media and just this cultishness behavior, this inability to see reality for what it is, um, the never questioning the leader, the unpersoning, the uh, the fair gaming, the vilifying, all of these things. I mean, these are all straight out of Scientology, and it's really crazy. Um, so it would maybe we'll maybe we'll kind of like get some notes together on that podcast and do that. What else did we yeah. have to talk about today? Um, so. I think we kind of talked about the left pushing for civil war so um kind of along those same lines or at least similar would be like france's protests you know along the lines of everything we're talking about Cuba yeah I, I mentioned you know, france's protests, protests. Oh, you did, yeah right? i mentioned okay. that the yeah. yellow vest um i think i worked that in <laughs> really? i'm pro like that i can i can weave I, I think the final thing was i don't know that it's a long topic but like trump's assassination threats um, yeah, that's a you thing. You, you've you been reading a book. Well, I read it. I finished it. It was Patrick Byrne's book. I think I mentioned it once before on here called Deep Rig. It was really good. It wasn't very long. Um, if you're interested in all the election shenanigans like I am, like, I think it's so huge. I think it's such a massively important topic, and, like, I'm not letting it go like, just because it's quote-unquote over. Like, it's so huge, like, if if it did happen and I believe it happened, I don't think you should just let it go and let the story die. But anyway, so it's all about that. And um, yeah, there was just the really interesting thing toward the end of the book. Um, I find him a really credible person. Um, I mean, he's the CEO of Patrick Overstock. Byrne. Yeah, Overstock, Patrick yeah. Byrne. So I mean, he's a CEO, or I don't know if Overstock's still around. Maybe former CEO, but whatever. Like, he's a very smart guy. Um, and the weird thing, the crazy interesting thing is. Um, and he even has it in the title of his book, he didn't even vote for Trump. Like, literally, even in this election, because he is a diehard libertarian. So he said he has always voted libertarian. Um, So even in this election, he didn't vote for Trump. But as he saw... Well, basically, I think what he talks about toward the beginning of the book is that some people that he knows who are very, like, high-tech cybersecurity types, like, he calls them cyber ninjas. I don't know if they're literally officially the company that's called cyber ninjas but you know those types um they came to him ahead of time a little bit before the election and they said we're already getting wind of some shenanigans that are going to be attempted that's going to you know going to be going on here are the things to look for and if you see these things happen you'll know that there's a major problem and one of the main things they said was if it's like you know the middle of the night and they just shut down voting (laughs) and what do you know like that happened and it was really crazy but um, Trump was winning, yeah, and then he was losing. And the difference between the two was they shut down voting. There, I mean, in four states, and like there are so many crazy things yeah. that happened with that. And suddenly, like there were these ninety-minute periods that suddenly, like huge infusions of Biden votes would come in, like huge, crazy, like impossible amounts, you know, things like that. But that they were these rotating ninety-minute things, like, and then in ninety minutes it happened here at this key county. And then anyway, it's a very interesting book. Um, 
toward the end, he said that he was kind of elucidating a lot of stuff about Trump's inner circle in the White House. It was like there were definitely a core group that were for him, but there was a core group of his insider people who were, um, you know, giving him advice and everything that were not for him, Hmm. clearly. Um, Anyway, um, but the really crazy thing is he said that he has from a really credible source that Trump was told, no, actually that Melania was told, Trump probably was too, but that Melania was told that if Trump did not leave quietly and um, leave office and whatever, that he would be assassinated and as well as another close member of his family. And it didn't say which one. You and I postulate it's probably Barron. Yeah. Could be Melania too. I don't know. But I think she's definitely worried about her kid. Yeah. That was always clear about her. Yeah. If you were going to threaten her, that's the kind of scumbag thing you would do. Yeah. So the I think only... she's a really awesome person. Me too. Yeah. The only thing that I can't figure out with that, it's not that I don't believe it, but the only thing that makes me go like, okay, now I don't understand, is like, now Trump really seems like he's going to run, which I think would be awesome. But I'm only trying to figure out like, so if that is true and he was threatened like that and that maybe slightly helped make his decision, which I don't think he was given much decision because of so many factors, but then, like, why would he, why would he be willing to run again? Why would he, how would he know that maybe he was going to be more safe from that? Than well, we talked about been? that yesterday. I think that, you know, ultimately he had to get out of that situation and consolidate the situation that he was in. I think most likely he has some very high level security professionals now and probably Secret Service plus his own army. I think they made it clear to him, and especially because of the volatility of that moment, that he was vulnerable. I think, actually, I don't know, but I have a feeling that Trump um, uses Melania as a sounding board for a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling she doesn't say much, but I, I think that you can chart the course in Trump's personality change from who he used to be to who he is now by his relationship with Melania. Agreed. And I think that he has learned that when she says something, because she's very intelligent, she Mm -hmm. has four degrees. And, like, doesn't she speak five languages? Four degrees, five languages. And I don't even know that that has anything to do with it. I I think she's a pretty hardcore Christian. Mm -hmm. And I think that she comes from a background of difficulty and struggle that he never knew. She has a lot of common sense. And for some reason, I think that Trump tells her things that he's going to do or not do. And I don't know that she always weighs in on it. But my feeling is that when she does, he listens. Yeah. And that they knew that. They knew that if they told her, like, this is the situation, you know, I think I think she has a lot of sway over what Trump does because of Barron, because I think Trump really likes his children. And I think he really likes Barron. And I think that she runs a lot of Trump's decisions through, how will this affect my son? And I think there was some kind of change in Trump where he changed as a person. And he began to consider, I think, things that he may not have considered in his past. So I think I think that they're an interesting couple. I think when you listen to Trump's speeches now, I think he, he has gotten himself back into shape. Um, I think he was pretty stressed out there towards the end, and he'd been through COVID. My feeling that is that he he's um, 
he he's coming back to fight and he knows it's going to be a fight um he made mistakes and i think he's aware of those mistakes and personnel was a big mistake for him um the one thing people can say a lot of stuff about trump and and some of it's accurate some of it you you have to understand that that's that's true he is not a perfect person those kinds of things here's the one thing you cannot say about trump um he doesn't learn Trump is one of the biggest learners ever, and people have observed that. He he learns as he goes. He learns the job as he goes. So I think he'll, I think when in this period since, I think personnel has been a big thing, and I think he has sort of like an inner circle now that's, I don't, I don't know that he'll have the problems that he had if he, if he gets back into the White House again, but I have a feeling that those will be addressed. Now, will the left just find some new garbage move to, to make? You know, I think it's pretty garbage to be in an administration and work against it from the inside Mm -hmm. because of your personal beliefs. And, you know, I don't know if you heard, but like um, they threw a party in the White House before Trump took it over and all the celebrities were there and they left a lot of really nasty messages for him. Robert De Niro, people like that. Dave Chappelle added everybody. Good. Um, But it was it was a lot of like really scumbag celebrities just saying really vile and foul things. Because this was not about the nation. This was not about what was the best course for the people of America. This was not about the will of the people or anything like that. This was about just petty schoolyard. We didn't get our way and we're going to act like animals. And they can't even just sort of admit that. So they have to wrap it up in this noble cause to call everybody a racist and, you know, like without ever, like, the unexamined left, like, and 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 I think that's the bookend for today. The the lies that the left tells itself about its nobility and about what it's trying to do for people and everything like that, at face value, they're good things. Wanting to be for people of color who've had it, I, you know, I, I may be a Republican, and I may be pretty conservative, but I'm definitely for people who are struggling, like that cat I met yesterday, Cesar, who, who seems to have recently come, come to the country, and is out there waiting tables, and is a fine waiter, he's doing good, I'm pulling for that guy to do good in America, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm down with that, I'm, I'm not down for anybody being abused, and I'm not down for anybody being abused on the condition of their skin, even if they have the misfortune to be white in this country lately, but black or brown or whatever, that's, that's not my jam. So the things that the left says on paper, a lot of times they're good. Free health care? Yeah, there's there's some health care. And I think free health care is going to become really important now that a lot of people are going to be have been made sick by the government and celebrities and the media. Um, there's a lot of things that I could almost be a lefty over. But what I could never be a lefty about is that it's not about any of those things. And Cuba and Hong Kong and Iran prove that point. It's not about downtrodden people of color. It's about money for Hunter to funnel to Joe. It's about money for them all the time. And if you happen to be a person of color with the wrong politics, then it has nothing to do with being a person of color. It has to do with politics, and it's mean-spirited, it's low, and it's actually not American. And I'm against it, and I will always be against it. And that is the podcast.